part and like the same uh, PA system would roll the same thing is what I thought I got out of that. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. We we also did base that roughly on. Uh, we have a friend uh, in a, who went to a, a pretty big party school out in Arizona. I can't say which one, but uh, Daniel was telling us about that. How uh, this friend uh, they locked him in a room with some people and didn't didn't feed them right. Yeah, lock him lock him in the room, put a strobe light on, uh, gave them each a two forties of beer. And they weren't allowed to leave the room until it was all finished. Oh, wow. Yeah, so really, I'm <laughs> compared to that. Yeah. So that scene, at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so going through the movie, there's, uh, just put it lightly, some intense situations with a lot of the characters. Uh, were there any close calls or, like, real impacts of somebody uh, accidentally punching somebody uh, during the making of the film? Uh, yeah, we, we had a, a few. Um one was the po- the fire poker on the stairs. You might notice that we give it an extra wide berth when when Justin swings it, and that was because we. And this is going to make us sound really uh, risky, but we we used a real fire poker when they ran up the stairs because we lost the prop fire. <laughs> we poker. lost it, yeah. or we didn't have it. We had misplaced it at that point. Uh, where was it? I don't remember. So we, I don't know. So I don't for, for a time, a lot of the stunts were we were using a real fire poker. So things like that. But luckily, no one was hit. Um, uh, one of our production designers, Giannis. He did brand himself by accident, which he handled like a champ. He was such a good sport about it, but he, he was like, I'll test it. And then, do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Mark's looking at me like, I'm not, no, no, I remember. Yeah, he was, he was heating it up over the stove, and, and he, he was, I think the 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. schedule had, had us all in a bit of a haze, <laughs> and he may have uh, uh, burned himself a little bit. But luckily, uh, for the most part, we stayed safe, and um, yeah. All, of, nope, the, all nope. of the injuries were prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, and speaking of, like, prosthetics, I love, you know, there was just, like, the right amount of gore and, like, the the gross stuff. I, I love that it was, like, it seemed like it was all practical, which I love. So. Yeah, it was uh, 99% practical. Um, yeah, had, Nicole Hernandez was yeah. the lead effects artist and did an incredible job. Yeah. And Lisa Force stepped in to make that head that you see later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah the makeup was was fantastic. Um, um, enough can't be said about about the dedication that that they put into making it happen. Nicole, Tanya, and, and Lisa. And on short cool. notice, we, we yeah overall on set we were moving. Uh, it was hectic. Nicole was handling hair as well. I mean, she she had her. her Mark helps with wardrobe also. Even I helped with wardrobe, so we were all sort of in that. And if you knew Mark, you would know he's not the most natural choice for that. He's not. The all right. Most well, uh, luckily, uh, you know, you can't see I'm dressed very well. Yeah, no, he's um, not. He's not. <laughs> Neither of us. Are. <laughs> That's good. Um, so did. Uh, any of the actors have to train or really go through a lot of prep for any of the chaotic action in the film? Because I know some of the, uh, the, the actual pledges that it's, uh, you know, throughout the film, like the, the bad guys, uh, it seems like, you know, they, they were really sweet and very calm and collected. And then like on a dime, they turned it full on. So I wonder if like there was any like, uh, prep sequences before each shot that they would do to get in character. That would be fun. Well, one of the evil uh, characters actually just stayed in character the entire time. Uh, the one who played Aaron Alavilla, who played Max, which uh, led to some issues on set because 
Like the co-producer's parents visited set, Mikey Gelfand, and his parents show up through the door, and then Max, you know, he's the, owns the house. So they walk through the door, and he walks up to them. He says, what the fuck is this, parent-teacher conferences? And they go, um, I'm just I'm here to, is Michael here? And he just walks away and he says, I don't want to deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> they were so confused what was happening. This was their first time on a film set. Yeah, he was very um, method. Um, often listening to music. I think Cameron also listens to some music to get into character for Ricky. All three bad guys also had a group chat going. They were, they were all talking in character, which yeah. at the time I thought was silly until our first scene, and I'm like, wow, they really got, you know, they they bonded over their evil. Yeah, <laughs> they, they really got into it. Um, they're, um, to this day, they still treat me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they're, they're really, like, the sweetest guys, each and every one of them. But in their, yeah, in their group chat, they were, all, they were trying to embody uh, uh, this type of this type of person who they call the, you know, sort of... Yeah, that's just millennial character building. You just keep texting each other until... Yeah. <laughs> until you really get into it. They were like, let's make Frats great again, you know? So <laughs> they were really in it. They were they were really deep in that in that psychological space of, of being cool. <laughs> yeah. That's excellent. I, lo- I love to hear that. That's great. Um, another thing, I love that it was, you know, it was just right under 80 minutes. There were no, uh, it was straight to the point, you know, and I, and I love that. Like, it, it just like, jumps in and we're there with the characters and then things happen and you just don't go off on side t- tangents. I loved it and I just love that it stayed on track. Uh, I was curious, were there any more, like, like torturous scenes you really want to do but couldn't? Or can we expect any of them, deleted scene-wise, to be on home video releases in the future? There are two deleted scenes that are going to be on the DVD. One is uh, a character building scene that when they walk all the way to uh, where they think the frat house is going to be and they find that it's just an empty patch of land, there was a scene where they kind of sit down and air out their grievances with each other and we learn a little bit more about the characters, but then their performances were just so good. And I thought, well, we all thought that we would buy them as they are you know that we don't really need that scene of them saying exactly. Yeah. But yeah, the other deleted scene also was. It was uh, a huge fight, though. My mother especially <laughs> felt it was very important to put that scene in. Yeah, I think it was good. For- <laughs> she liked me and she liked seeing my emotions. Uh, <laughs> she, she's uh, so she was a little biased. So that that slowed us down. There was definitely a couple months of arguing, but yeah, we we overall we and we thought we 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 know horror audiences are so smart. So we just we thought one of the best ways to try to deal with that is just move as fast as possible. It, horror audiences know it's coming quick. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, unfortunately, there aren't any uh, hazing deleted scenes. There was um, a deleted script scene that we yeah. had in the shooting schedule, but then we were running a little bit behind. So we looked for what we can cut, and we really figured out what exactly adds to the story and what doesn't. And there was one hazing that was uh, just excessive, and we ended up cutting it. And that was the one where they'd be locked in a room, listening to music, have a strobe light going on, and they really lose their minds. And we kind of okay. combined that with the the basement scene when they're yeah. trapped underground. It, it, it was it felt like a double beat. So yeah, we all we we put it all in that room. Yeah. Cool, cool. That's great. I can't wait to see the Blu-ray. I'm excited. Um, I also noticed there were some really excellent uh, camera moments, camera movements uh, in the film, especially I really love the opening shot, which I've filmed with drones before, and I've always had trouble with them, but y'all nailed that with, like, running through the cornfield. That was great. Did y'all have a lot of fun? It, I guess that was a drone that you used, or? Yeah, it was a drone. This guy named Peter helped us out. Um, 
and he we went out to this field that we found in New Jersey, and the farmer let us film there. And then it, it took a lot of trial and error to figure out how to zoom in from so far with the drone and time someone running across a cornfield from half a mile away. And we figured out a system where we would watch the monitor, and he would have to hold a phone to his ear and hide in the stalks of corn. And then we picked the exact moment when he should start running to time it that he would emerge at the right moment. And we got it after the actor vomited twice from <laughs> exhaustion. He's, that friend, he's a really good friend of ours who helped us out with that. <laughs> That was, that's great. That's good. Yeah. Now there's just like all the lighting was really good in there and just like being in like, uh, either the, the basement or in the warm area of the house. Uh, I just, it was well done, well made. Thanks, man. That was a big credit to Will, uh, the cinematographer who really put an effort to distinguish the normal frats, which is more harshly lit and natural light to, uh, the more like privileged soaked tungsten of, uh, and candles of the cryptea. Cool, cool. Um, how how did y'all find the house? Like that because the cool exterior of the house, really, uh, or uh, even like some of the house was at a set, or did y'all actually film on location somewhere? Oh uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question because uh, obviously for for indie films, you always wonder where these locations come from because um, <laughs> often they're they're given or or someone's family. In this case, uh, we were we did a search on Airbnb. Um, and Keaton, uh, our other producer is based out in LA. He's the one who found this one, I think. And, uh, yeah, it just worked with, it worked with the story and it was within a good distance from where most of the cast and crew lived. Um, and, uh, we, when we saw it, we just kind of knew like that was the one. There were others we were considering, um, but in terms of like what our budget, could allow for these these other ones were sort of like uh these enormous mansions where they have weddings at and just sort of things that would have been a little a little too much out of our reach but we ended up uh the family who lived there uh ended up uh we we got a, a good deal from them and they were very cooperative and nice about it and excited yeah. to have their their house in the film sure cool very cool um and i love so i went to college uh I guess. Oh, go ahead. You say something. I went to the University of Kansas back uh, like 18 years ago, and there was no uh, social media or video cameras. And I noticed uh, in the film, there's really no social media being used or phones or anything else in the movie. And I thought that was amazing uh, that you really just relied on each other each other and no, no technology to get out of the situation was that a conscious choice yeah partly it's the classic horror uh film issue of if the characters have their cell phones then they're always easier outs uh so we had those taken away pretty swiftly yeah but even before they were taken away I just think, uh, right, you guys... We had a time where we, we had some writing at one point where we thought we might explain it uh, that they don't have a lot of people to talk to. And it's kind of using it as like a joke that they would throw back at them. But ultimately, we just thought taking the phones away would be... Yeah. yeah. More believable. They, they don't have anyone to text because they're <laughs> but, their only friends. We also yeah. think it's so hard to make it look good when it's on a phone. Yeah, there's right? something... There's a really good video essay from... Uh, I forgot who, but about how hard it is to show, um, you know, texting and social media and how each 
project does it differently, and a few have cracked it, but I really don't like any of the ways right now. Yeah, it's something we seek to avoid, but... I mean, searching and stuff like that where they fully commit is amazing. All right, if it's in the premise. If it's in the premise, then yeah. Yeah, we just, that was something, uh, so I don't, yeah. That's great, 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 great. Um, So, uh, I guess my next question would be, what are, what were some of the influence uh, for this film with each of you that you brought to this movie and production? The main, Reference, I guess, story-wise and visually for us, we we screened one film for the cast and crew beforehand. It was Green Room because that's a film that also doesn't have um, a lot of scenes of characters just explaining how they feel and why, and it keeps uh, the violence pretty grounded and realistic, and it's pretty intense throughout. Where once uh, the realization happens in Act One, the rest of the film is really. Uh, you know, pretty gripping. And we try to mimic that structure to an extent that once shit hits the fan, you're kind of hooked yeah. for the rest of the way. There were a couple other ones, too. We, uh, we had, uh, I watched Kill List, which I really liked. Oh, yeah. It was a British movie, and Ben Wheatley, was his name, and it was really good. And it's about a cult, and that really scared me in my dorm room. And Mark <laughs> and I watched the movie, yeah. <laughs> which was called Would You Rather from IFC. Yeah. And... We did not know that. About that. How excited. We loved that. We didn't know at the time. We'd end up working with ISC. We never, just, yeah, we were so lucky. So lucky but amazing. But Would You Rather with Brittany Snow, uh, they play Would You Rather and, and torture each other. But they keep up a certain level of fun. And like most, it was, yeah, and there's certain beats, like Daniel said, there's certain beats that horror movies just like hit, like taking away the phones and being locked in a house and, and Would You Rather, uh, in, just in the skeleton of those beats, we think does it really well. Um, the skeleton. Yeah. I'm saying just just in terms of. Oh, like the overall, yeah. The time of like totally basically yeah, a, a supposedly yeah. fun activity where everyone's being tortured is something that we realized. That, yeah, yeah. That, that from there too was another uh, inspirational draw. And the invitation. Yeah. I love the invitation. Invitation. Yeah, because yeah, the sort of sense of uneasiness of yeah. are these you know is this really something to be scared of? Is it all in our head? Um, yeah. Takes me back thinking about all these other movies. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Green Room and love The Invitation. Those movies are fantastic. Good, good influences. Um, so it obviously seems that y'all are big fans of cinema. What are some of your favorite scenes in movies uh, that have always stuck with you that you just can't get out of your head? <laughs> favorite scenes? Huh. Oh well, uh, I think one of the, the first time I ever laughed hysterically at a movie was What About Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's Bill Murray. I don't know if you ever heard of the movie or seen the movie, but Bill Murray uh, stalks his therapist Richard Dreyfus to his beach vacation, where Richard Dreyfus is going to have a TV interview, and Bill Murray is manages to get in the interview, and it's just the most uncomfortable, funniest. I, I, Richard Dreyfus is so upset, and he's and he's bombing the interview, and then Bill Murray is doing so well, and uh, I, I love that scene. That was obviously that might seem strange. I guess but it was, in a way it's a little similar because it made me so uncomfortable too it's, yeah. you, you're so you're cringing the social awkwardness of the social it not lost in pledge <laughs> <laughs> um, but for horror Rosemary's Baby is definitely the most impactful theatrical experience I've ever had I took a date to Rosemary's Baby without enough information beforehand <laughs> <laughs> and, 
then she made uh, yeah. uh, she used protection. No, no she never. Uh, that was the last date of all them all. But it was it was <laughs> worth it because I love the movie. And the, her scenes of her walking around the Upper West Side, Upper East Side, and this is the neighborhood I grew up around, and just that paranoia of you're really inside this person's head. So completely, I, I found it to be such an exciting thing, and that I hadn't liked horror up until then. That was in late uh, high school. I, I was scarred from misery. I, my mom had made me watch Misery when I was ten. <laughs> Topping me up. <laughs> Sorry, this is turned into a long mark. Take it away. I, I, uh, I have to be cut off, or I'll talk endlessly. For for me, a scene less. Uh, you might see this less translated as the producer here to the actual film of the pledge, but. Uh, uh, for me, a scene that, that sticks with me is uh, uh, There Will Be Blood. Uh, oh, the milkshake. Between, well, there's the milkshake scene at the end, but even before that, what even hits me harder, that's just fun to act out. But <laughs> the one with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and his son, who's now uh, older and starting his own um, oil, competing oil company oh, yeah. in Mexico, I believe, uh, uh, when Daniel Day-Lewis tells him, you have none of me in you. And then, <laughs> He signs to his interpreter because he's deaf, and he says uh, he says back to his father, like, "Thank God, I have none of you in me." And, and Mark, before he went into film, worked with his father in the oil business. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, I just I'm, I'm I'm drawn to family to family drama like that, and, and it's such a great movie from Thomas uh, Anderson. Yeah, he's. What about you, Daniel? Do you have a favorite scene? Um, the entire movie of Boogie Nights is my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah. horror films. A lot of people think it's too wacky, um, but there's this one called Carnival of Souls. Oh, yeah, that was filmed in Lawrence, Kansas, where I went to. Oh, you've seen it? Oh, yeah. Oh man, yeah. There's something Zach probably thinks it's too crazy, but that's one. And that's the first one that really opened me up to like the wackiness of horror. Because the first thing I saw growing up was Scream, and it scared me too much and kind of scared me away from horror. And then Carnival of Souls, like the madness and funness of it, kind of made me love the genre again. That's good. That's good. Those are all good scenes. I would have to say, I guess, one of my favorite scenes, I guess, is uh, train spotting uh, uh, with Spud going into the job interview and fucking it up good and proper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it has been. I love that movie. It's a great choice. And then um, Army of Darkness, of course, with, you know, this is my boomstick speech. And then I guess horror-wise would be Child's Play, the original one, where the mother oh, is out alive. Oh, fuck. Right. Are you excited for the new, uh, are you excited for the new chapter? Remake from Orion? So I, I'm curious on, like, the TV reboot, because I hear it's, like, going to be, like, an AI-type thing and not voodoo, but I know they're making another movie, but, I mean, I'm, like, all in on Chucky anything, so I'm all in on this. I'm just curious to see what they do. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, we'll be there. Heard some good things. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and so uh, the bloody question uh, portion of the show, uh, what's the most insane form of torture or hazing you could come up with? Um, and I'll, I'll go first. And I'm, oh, I'm, good. Totally, I'm totally stealing this from uh, Peter Jackson's Brain Dead, not Brain Dead, um, uh, Bad Taste. Uh, but right. you'd have um, people, or you'd have your your uh, students or your pledges all eat something very gross, which we see in your movie Pledge. <laughs> uh, and then you would make them puke it puke it up in one bowl and then have them each drink. Oh, wow. That would be disgusting. Oy, oy. Our, uh, in my prep, they, they made it seem like they were going to do that. We all puked in a bowl, and then 
they're like, which one of you is going to drink this? And someone actually volunteered, and then they start cracking up. They're like, we're not going to make you drink it, you crazy. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, that would be probably, yeah, that's pretty good. You guys have one? Sure. Um, well, I, I can just go to 11. You should just cut everyone's dicks off, and that's that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to top that. I'm going to possibly top that. You kill them. I mean, what's after that? I know. As long as you apply pressure. That's the worst thing. As long as you, there's eunuchs who, you know, back in the day. I know, but there's no, after that, like, no one's going to be fighting the torture once you've done that. Yeah, but you know, cognitive dissonance. Once you do that, and then again, in Game of Thrones, they have that. He he makes it, and and he beats him up. Yeah, you know what? You have my torture. I would say probably you you have such logic. (laughs) You know, you're not driven by these mad uh, testosterone clouds. Yeah, you know, that's true. Good thing you're not pledge master. I would say uh, probably um, the the Iron Horse seems really tough. Iron Horse is where they stuff you into a metal. Horse, and then they heat it up, oh, and you're God. inside it. Oh wow! That's and like you burn inside. Isn't that it. a scene in East Ventura? It might be. Well, it was. It, it, it's, it's a funny. It, it, was, it is. Oh, the Iron Bull. Yeah, there's a rhino, and it's heating oh. up. Oh yeah, it's a rhino. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. This guy in Syracuse, the city of Syracuse in Sicily, he invented it, and the inventor was the first victim. The king tried it out on him. How ironic. Um, I like the ancient Greek history. It's the closest I came to Greek life in this. <laughs> um, for me, I would say uh, uh, oh, I'm going to <laughs> no, I'm going to go back to my childhood roots. I think the, the worst torture would be someone gives me. Uh, <laughs> why are you cringing? Childhood roots and torture is a scary combination. I'm saying, let's say it's somebody. This is it's, somebody gives you fresh pack of Pokemon cards, and you get the most rare one. And then they make you burn it. <laughs> no, I think that would be the worst part. That is really mean. To be gifted something that you must then destroy. That's great. That's really oh, great. I have I have conversations with my friends to this day about doing that because I I collect records and like I'll be looking for something really rare and my my good friend who's a terrible person but a great friend is just uh, so like I'm going to find this before you I'm going to show it to you and I'm going to break it right in front of you <laughs> yeah, <that's> so cruel <laughs> great minds yeah that's good um, and so the last the last little portion is the bloody recommendation uh, where we uh, recommend a movie vintage or new that you should tell people that they need to see so I'll go first um, and I'm going to say something to go along with this amazing movie pledge, uh, which will be out in theaters and VOD on January 11th, is a movie called Final Exam from 1981. And it's just a crazy movie. It uh, takes place at a college campus during Final Exams week. And there's a killer in the movie that kills students. And the funny thing about this movie is, is that there's no background. You don't know who the killer is or why he's killing people. He's just there. You never know through the whole movie. Uh, but the funnier thing about the movie is, is all the frat guys in the movie are playing pranks on everybody, and uh, all these pranks, people get killed, uh, including the, the frat guys. Um, they oh. shooting. Awesome. Uh, to, yeah, to uh, have more time to study. People get taped up to trees overnight, and they are killed. Uh, it, it's actually a really fun movie. And for 1981, it kind of feels similar to Halloween, John Carpenter's original film. Uh, kind of the same shots, but uh, fun movie. Final exam. Uh, that's that's my bloody recommendation. What about you guys? Anything y'all want to recommend? That's a great one. I um, really like this Iranian movie. Uh, Under the Shadow. I saw it a couple of years ago. It came out, and I really liked that a lot. 
uh, it's similar to the Babadook, similar themes of a, a young boy and a mother who's kind of stuck in a, a situation she doesn't want to be in. Also, on top of that, I wouldn't recommend the entire movie, but there's this movie, Ticket to Heaven, that I watched for Research and Pledge, and it's a docudrama, sort of. It has an actress who's in um, Sex and the City. Her name's escaping me. But it, it, I watched a lot of stuff on cults, and it's pretty much the most realistic cult brainwashing scene I've seen I've ever watched. So if anyone's interested in that, it's called Ticket to Heaven. It's from, I think, the 80s. It's based entirely on a real cult. Um, I find cults interesting. <laughs> so I don't know if anyone else is going to watch. That's great. Other than Carnival of Souls, this movie called Blue Ru- well, Blue Ruin. Movie. It was. Oh, uh, you're, you're doing an right. Army Sonier movie. Those are great. Right, because we um, took a lot of inspiration from Green Room, but Blue Ruin is one of, uh, I think it's like one of the most well-executed indies of the past uh, few years. Yeah. So as indie filmmakers, we watch Blue Ruin a lot and try to learn from it, how it had such a simple story, had a nice twist on it, and uh, it was executed so well and shot beautifully. Yeah, and the story behind just that he just like, he made that happen by any means necessary. I think he even mortgaged his house. It's just very inspiring, yeah. the levels to which filmmakers can go. Um, for me, uh, I would say uh, it's somewhat of a popular movie. Zach actually just sprayed water. Oh, no, I didn't know there was so much water but, uh, in it. I'm, I'm reacting to the water that's on my face. I'm so sorry. But, uh, I, I was gesticulating. Movie, I think Zach is done here. But the movie uh, Raw, the horror movie Raw, uh, French oh, yeah. French. A horror movie. Um, oh, that's a great one from 2016. That, that was it, my number uh, one favorite movie of that year. You've already oh. plugged it. You, you've already you already know. But I think because it's a foreign film, some people might not. I love that. So, um, yeah, that would be my uh, that would be my sleeper for anyone else who's not yet. <laughs> Thanks. We love those questions. Yeah, it's so great that's, talking. Yeah, that's a, that's a great coming of age movie, Raw. But yeah, this one, uh, go see Pledge. And thank you guys uh, for talking to me and being on the show. And hope to uh, get you back on the show at some other point soon. That'd be great. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank so you. Much. I love that. This thank was so much. fun. We had a really great time. All right, thank y'all. Y'all, best to y'all on the film. We can't wait to see it again with a lot of people. Oh, I also thank really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right, later. Oh, bye. Later. Uh,